Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Dwell, a Circe Institute podcast for homeschool moms by homeschool moms, grandmoms as we like to say. My name is Karen Kern and I'm here today with my co-host Renee Mathis. Hi Renee. Hey Karen, how are you? Good, I'm good. It's it's kind of a gloomy gray day here. What's it like there? I was just going to say, it is a lovely sunny day. <laughs> we are so thankful to have some sunshine after a lot of rain. So yeah, it's, it's still not well, good. We saw our swamp in the backyard, but yeah, it's good. And I got pictures from um, family in Iowa and Wisconsin of their snow, which I'm jealous of. But here we are in February, gray day. Um, but it's getting warmer out. Spring's coming. That's good. So we're here today to talk about raising daughters. We did a podcast on raising boys um, a few months ago, although it's probably longer ago than that. I just don't remember. Um, But today we're going to talk about raising girls. And I'm actually a little bit nervous about talking about this because we only have 30 minutes to do it. And then it's a big topic, but also because it's complicated because raising girls is complicated. So Renee, (laughs) how did you, that's how I found raising girls different than boys, but what do you think? How is raising girls different than boys in your experience? Oh, that's a good question. And um, I'm, I'm going to back up for just a second. And yes, there's a lot to talk about in 30 minutes. So listeners, help. If you have anything <laughs> that you want us to go into more detail on, um, let us know. Send us an you know, email or comments on our Facebook group or something and say, hey, you know, because we really are. We're always happy to have input and um, try to, you know, meet you where you are and to talk about what you want to talk about. Good point. So, how are girls different than boys? Um, so I, I guess we should clarify. I have I have three daughters, and you have two daughters. Two daughters, and and I have let me count three granddaughters. Oh yeah, and I have um, five granddaughters. Yeah. So between us, we've 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 been through this a little bit. <laughs> and it's really 
fun stepping back and watching the little girls, maybe because I've forgotten over the years some of the things, and it's just delightful to see it in fresh eyes and to just, and to love them so very much and to see how they are just like their mothers. Exactly. Like all of it is so much joy. And I think maybe I look back then with rose-colored glasses so I don't always remember the hard things about raising girls. Yeah, I, I mean, there were hard things. But on the other hand, when, when you talk about raising girls and boys, and I think of little girls, I thought girls were easy. Um, little girls when, are they're, easy. when they're little, they, you know, they're just quiet and they play inside and they want to help you in the kitchen and they want to help you fold laundry. And they're always very sweet and helpful. And um, I mean, that's a lot of what I remember about when the girls were little. Now, you know, we, it's funny to watch, like you said, grandchildren, because um my my mother always says, and I think she got this from her mother, you never pay for your raising until you have children of your own. And so when I see my daughter's daughter doing something, and this is the little almost three-year-old that, that Katie refers to as the chaos toddler. Okay. <laughs> Maybe she wouldn't say that Georgie Lynn is easy. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, this is, I, you know, half the time Georgie Lynn isn't wearing pants and has caused some disaster somewhere in the house with either flour nail polish remover or markers and um but you know she is pretty cute that's the good thing she is so cute (laughs) that's true she's fun what are your granddaughters like what do you notice um I noticed that they they really enjoy playing quietly they can play um with little dolls and things they can get the legos out and play they can take the chess pieces and set them up somehow to resemble a house. You know, they they can play with the Beanie Babies and they can play really quietly. And even if they're all here together, they can play quietly together with the Beanie Babies. And then when Lucas walks in, um, who's six, he gets them as, you know, the Beanie Babies are flying through the air as projectiles and the girls are now jumping off the couch, catching them at his... (laughs) suggestion so like it all change when changes when you introduce a boy but when they're all on their own they're they tend to be very quiet and they in color you know they run around the house and can squeal right they can loud sometimes but predominantly i would say they're pretty laid back quiet Mm -hmm. and then all that changes when they hit (laughs) the preteen years and then we go oh my goodness what am I going to do with them? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah. uh, you know, then, then you have the whole yes. girl drama thing, right? Yeah. Well, and we do have a granddaughter who's 13 and I am just enjoying watching my son parent her. Um, and of course her mother, but um, it's delightful to watch Matt parenting, parenting her because it shows me how important that father daughter relationship is um, and how, how well he treats her and how how well they get along you know and he does have to discipline her it's tricky right but you know and I think a lot of the origin and the the whole girl drama thing a lot of it is around friendships right um am I going to be liked am I going to be included or am I going to be the one left out um you know do I get invited to the birthday party or not and 
Or did someone look at me funny at church and now I'm sure everybody hates me. Um, That's so young. Like I've heard Serafina say that she's four. Oh, you know, how was the party or how was your co-op today? And the first thing she says is, well, so-and-so didn't want to sit with me or I sat with so-and-so, you know, it's, it's a relationship. Like it's most of the time her evaluation of an event is really, is, has to do with relationships. And that's the way girls are wired, right? That That's how they oh, are. Yeah. So it's so nice to have a dad who can step in and say, you know what, honey, you are loved. I think you're wonderful. I think you're special. And, you know, just to remind them they have that father that thinks that, you know, she hung the moon and, and that they can count on that when the world is a little squirrely and crazy that um, dad is there. And, and I love that when, you know, my girls were going through some things that, there were, there were times when I, you know, I would look at my husband and I'm like, if I have to talk to this child, I'm probably going to, you know, <laughs> either scream right. or say something I'll regret. Would you please go upstairs and deal with her? And, and they can, and they're, they're just like calm and quiet. And the next thing you know, it's fine. Yeah. I, I had the same experience and you're talking to the girls. And then when he comes down and says, yeah, we just talked, she just talked and I listened and everything's fine. <laughs> They're like, oh, wow, good for you. <laughs> and I was always very thankful for those times. And, you know, when I when I think back to the relationship that I had with my dad, I'm just really, really thankful that there was nothing that I could ever do that I knew would make him not love me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even more than that, I knew that I was in some way like a princess in his eyes. And my brothers would say that your your dad's princess and I'm like yeah I am <laughs> but like still and he's he died in nine, 1999 so it's been a long time since I've had him in my life but there's still some kind of security deep down inside that I carry with me because I knew how special I was to him right you know like and that's that's you know that's such a bigger picture of how you relate to even even to God the Father that whole image mm-hmm. and also you know you a girl who has a good relationship with her father can have a good relationship with her husband because of that mm-hmm. like it it's just so far reaching in your in her life mm-hmm. I'm really thankful that I had that and that my girls had that right and I, I think you know it's it's easy to look back when raising girls or boys and think, oh, you know, I, I wish I'd done this differently. I wish I'd done that differently. And, and then to be honest, there's a lot of gray areas where I'm thinking, I don't know what I did, but somehow we managed to get through it. Um, we're still talking to each other. We still love each other for which I'm so thankful. I mean, I, you know, my girls and I, you know, I, we, we talked about this before we started recording and they're not my best friends and I don't, I don't want them to be my best friends. That's that's not that's not our relationship. We have a special relationship that's not best friends. And especially, you know, once they get married and they're off on their own, they don't need to be calling mom about everything, right? I'm I'm not the source of all the advice, and um, and they need to be respecting their husbands and and turning to him for advice and counsel, not me. And so, um, it's 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 good that, um. Like I yeah, I, I don't know how it happened. I'm, I'm praise God and, and his grace and mercy that but we we do love each other. We're still talking to each other. And in in some way, you know, you're a rock in their life. And I feel like me too for my daughters, like if something bad happens, I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I can get I can get, you know, from a trivial thing like a text, 
a text. So my, my fridge is broken. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> to, to, to a picture of the girls outside playing to something really big. Right. And I, 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 Larissa's in a really good place right now. Thanks be to God. And she's very happily married, but she went through a really, really hard time and she had to come home. And I'm thankful that our relationship was such that we could just welcome her home and just enjoy her being here all the months that she was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what so a blessing for her that she knew she could come home and yeah. that, that she had a place, right? And and God used that for healing and restoration and to prepare her for the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that mother-daughter relationship never stops being important. No. I think all the work that you put into it while they're growing up pays off. Mm-hmm. And in your relationship with your grown daughter and in in watching them parent your granddaughters. Mm-hmm. The cycle of life is so poignant. Right. Especially when you see your daughter in your granddaughter or their aunt, you know, mm-hmm. and you see the bloodline. Somebody has a, a mannerism or a look. Or just looks like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just such a blessing. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to refer back to a couple of podcasts ago. Um, I I found it really helpful. And and so if y'all haven't listened to this one, um, when we had Josh Krebs on talking about homeschooling kids and preparing them for college, he ended up just having some really good parenting advice, I thought. Yeah, that was Um, really good. Just just aside from, you know, academics or how to handle living in a dorm, but 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 just things like, you know, allowing them to experience their emotions to help them understand they're not crazy for having these emotions. They're, there's nothing wrong with them, but we 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 are responsible for how we react and act in spite of those emotions sometimes. So and I think I think that's a lot of parenting girls is um naming what they're feeling, what's going on, um, helping them to sort through what's acceptable and what's not. I mean, um, yes, it's understandable that you feel hurt when someone didn't sit with you at the party or at church, but okay, Mm -hmm. so what are we going to do with that? How are we going to move on? And let's, let's talk about that. And how are, how are you going to learn to deal with it? Because it's probably going to happen again, right? Yeah, we we don't, unfortunately. How to respond with it with kindness Mm -hmm. so that no you know so that nobody ever says that of you Mm -hmm. you know teaching them that empathy in their hard thing that they suffer Mm -hmm. helping them to see that they can help other people Mm -hmm. and I a long time ago somebody told me gave me the image of a roller coaster so you can acknowledge the hard thing whatever hard thing is causing your daughter to get on the roller coaster you say yeah that's really hard and then you can talk about it. But it's really important that mom doesn't get on the roller coaster because I mean that, you know, for one thing, to change the metaphor a little bit, it can escalate. Like if if they're upset and then you're upset and then they're upset, like you need to if don't let it escalate. If you get on the roller coaster, it's more likely to do that. But you know, to say you're on. Inside, you know, might not even say it to them. You don't want to belittle it by saying well, you're just on a roller coaster. But if you say to yourself, "My daughter's on a roller coaster," it's because of her hormones. It's because she's 16. It's because she's weeping and wailing, and she's 10. You know, whatever stage it's in, um, she's having a really hard time at college or whatever. 
you can say she's on a roller coaster, but I'm not going to go there with her in my own emotions. I'm not going to take on my daughter's emotions. Right. And I think that's the, that is the, the the temptation because we feel, I think this is one of the differences between mothers and daughters and mothers and sons with mothers and daughters, you take on their emotion Mm -hmm. so easily. Mm-hmm. And um, you just have to, in some way you can, recognize that in them and help them, but don't take it on yourself. And right. As the saying goes, someone has to be the grown up, right? Someone has to be the one who's calm and that rock that you spoke about that we need yeah. to be able to. And, you know, don't, don't and then you don't even think about the whole then you get the other moms involved and before you know it let's try to keep it de-escalated as yeah. much as possible and and you know help them learn how to to see through it and to sort through it and um I forget where I heard this I, honestly but it's something about kids in school and now we're homeschoolers but you know our, our kids had plenty of opportunities to be in groups with other kids um, and, and this person said think about the other people as your co-workers not necessarily your best friends right you don't have to be best friends with all of them but you do have to treat them politely and respectfully and the way you would want to be treated of course but um you know you don't have to go in there with this idea that, you know, I'm going to get offended if someone doesn't treat me like their best friend because you're not their best friend. Um, and, and you know, the way kids are wired differently. Some girls are going to have lots of friends and always yeah. have, you know, and, and there are some that will have one good friend their whole you high know, school. In, or, in a family, you can have sisters who are one's one person and one's the other. You know, I remember a birthday, one of my girls had a birthday party. And the other one, well, the one who had the birthday party was crying. I said, what's wrong? And she said, all my friends are talking to my sister. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> well, yeah. But like, it's it's the personalities. Like you can have two sisters like that. And oh. then you're navigating sister drama sometimes if they're close in age like that. But to just acknowledge, well, you know, that's. Yep, that's true. But just get in there and talk with them. Like, don't, you know, don't overreact to this. Just get back in there and have fun. That's good you advice. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And to, and the other thing I think is to tell them to just sit with things. So if they're really upset after being with their friends or somebody's hurt their feelings or, you know, even a brother has hurt, something's gone wrong to just don't react. Don't send in these days, I would say, don't send that text, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, don't respond. Just sit with it for a day. Sit with it till tomorrow, and then, in a clear-headed way. Because I, I don't, you know, I'm not parenting girls anymore with the issues that I'm sure they have now over social media. Mm, that's got to be hard. It was very little social media when my girls were growing up. Like I think Facebook came in to th- maybe when they were in late high school or college. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine now, like like girls who are 13 having phones and texting people and group texts and people getting their feelings hurt and all the comparisons with all the other pictures out there and what everyone else is doing like you know just that's that's hard navigating you know let's put in a voice for a call for um what's the word um i'll think of it um 
we, we talk about classical education being the cultivation of wisdom and virtue. And, and we want wise daughters and we want virtuous daughters. And thankfully, those virtues still have the same names that they did 2000 years ago. You know, we want them to be just and prudent and, you know, self-controlled and all of those things. And, and you, you can learn to be self-controlled with your phone as much as you can learn to be self-controlled, I guess, back in ancient Greece when you wanted to slug your brother with a watering jar or something, you know, virtue is virtue. And so we we want that. And, and, and we can talk about what that looks like. Um, You know, do I let my appetites take over? Do I let my desire for um, inclusion and affirmation and take over? And and will I do anything for that? Or will I be willing to stand up and be who I am and, and say no? So, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. And I, I do think there's a lot more temptations, you know, that at their fingertips mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and such. I think it's, one thing that helps with, with girls, too, is, um, you know, we tried in our family to help each of our kids have that one thing that they were good at or that we really supported them and that, that, that they wanted to pursue an interest in something now. Obviously, you can't pursue all the interests. There's not enough money and time in the world, you know, to, right. to support that. But um, we try to say, you know, you you can do, you can have that one thing, and and we'll be cheering you on, and and so forth. And so, you know, whether it's a sports team or a musical interest or scouts or you know whatever th- their thing is, right? I think it's good for them to develop some self confidence and. And and to be, you know, to be out away from the family and to be learning. And um, so that that's something I would I would encourage moms of girls to do to, to you know, just to be aware of what's your child good at or where where are their interests and how can you help them develop that thing? Yeah, I have one daughter who's very competitive and she played soccer. She played hard and she got. I forget the name her coach called her. I want to say her coach called her a bulldog, but I don't know if it was, I think it was that just like she, she was the girl on the team. You didn't, uh, the other, the other team didn't want to come in contact with her, you know, and, and she was ran cross country. And um, she also, she also was an artist. And so she had just had a lot of, a lot of different interests. And then the other daughter went the other way and she was a dancer. She also ran cross country. So they were, they were both, they were both involved in in sports that required something of them physically, mm-hmm. and and that made them tired at the end of the day, you know, because of running and dancing and sports, and yet also um, developed the fine art, whether it's dance or, you know, um, painting, drawing, and writing, and it just it just helps them to be well rounded people and confident mm-hmm. as well, you know. And because they're and it gives them confidence around boys and girls, you know, and, and just growing up and finding their place in the world. Right, right. Yeah, I, I have a friend whose daughter is involved in um, something called um, teen court. And they actually like go to court and, and interact with judges and lawyers. And it's a special thing in their city where the, the teen... Uh, a juvenile, I'm probably going to mess this up, but a juvenile can actually choose to be tried in front of the teen court. And oh. they will, you know, at the, at the, with the judge there to be helping and, and so forth. I mean, it's, it, it's not anything crazy weird, but 
Um, so they get experience, you know, so th- for this particular young lady who may be, you know, wanting to go into the law and that kind of thing, you know, it's a, th- there's so many things out there these days, you know, for kids to get involved in. It's pretty neat. So I think yeah, it's take- just a matter of praying and, and asking God to show you what your child's gifts are and, and also praying about the, how are we going to, you know, support this? Because obviously there are limits, right? I mean, my daughter took horse riding lessons for one for a season. We couldn't afford a horse. We couldn't even afford to lease a horse or lease horse barn space. And so obviously that that really didn't go anywhere. <laughs> she yeah. she had a she had a year, I think a few nine months or so when she took horseback riding and was in a couple of horse competition things, you know, and and, and so maybe she got it out of her system. <laughs> Who did horseback riding too? She worked at a barn. Even in college, she worked at a barn. So she got to ride and become a pretty good rider um, while working there. Was I mean, it was a really busy time for her. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's good. Job, school, mm-hmm. you know, extracurricular things, hobbies. It's. I think it's really healthy to be doing a lot of things or to you know to have the experience of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, not not to prove yourself as you know not because it's a I'm better than you thing watch me I can do all the things or build not a resume or something on themselves right but just to just to develop themselves mm-hmm. and I, I think it's also important um to remember with raising girls that we're you know I'm sure this applies to most of us listening to this. We're in a community and generally that's a a church community, maybe a homeschool community as well. And, um, you know, if there are those older women out there that might take an interest in your daughter and, and be willing to go have coffee with her or meet with her, you know, to, to tell moms, please, you know, promote those relationships and, and see how you can kind of nurture those. I know when we first started going to, we changed churches at a pretty significant time in my kids' lives. And our oldest were like 14 and 16 when we when we changed churches after being at one place for a long time. And um, our associate pastor's wife um, took an interest in the three high school girls. There were only three of them. And because we were so small and uh, just a church plant startup. And, and, um, and she had a little three-person Sunday school class and met with them and just, you know, poured herself into them and it was precious to see that. And, and as a mom, there's nothing like seeing someone else take an interest in your daughter and, and knowing that that's another voice of truth and kindness and compassion into their lives. And so find those people, you know, <laughs> find them, nurture them and, um, and see how you can make that happen. Yeah, my girls still have that, you know, like, so they're in their early 30s and they have, you know, a friend who's in her 40s. You know, women who are just a little bit past where they are, who they can ask advice about parenting or relationships. It's it's invaluable. Yeah, because I I don't want to be the only person my child comes to for advice. I don't I I don't need to be the only person. They need to cultivate those relationships. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Well. I'm going to say we've exhausted. Have we exhausted everything? Did we get to everything on our list? I think so. But I mean, there are, we can, we could expand on some of these things at another time, right? We had talked about, um, oh, body image, helping, oh, yeah. helping girls navigate the whole growing up thing. 
Oh, body image. Which was a lot easier <laughs> before Instagram. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. 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 I think it's so important for them to to not be comparing themselves and to to learn. And sometimes it's not till they're in their 30s that they just learn to accept and love the body that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to look the same as their best friend or they're not going to look the same. You know, even 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 here. Here's so Serafina is five and Annie is three and their sisters. Serafina has dark brown eyes dark, curly, thick, thick brown hair. Mm-hmm. It's stunningly beautiful hair. Annie, who's her sister, has much fairer skin, bright blue eyes. They're just bright blue eyes and very, very thin, very blonde hair. And Serafina said, I wish I had hair like Annie. You know, and it starts when they're that young. Yeah. You know, we can all say, oh my goodness, your hair is so beautiful. And Annie, your hair is so beautiful. And your brown eyes are beautiful. And your blue eyes are beautiful. But you remember in, in um, Little House in the Big Woods, do you remember that story where um, uh, Laura is jealous of Mary's blonde hair, mm-hmm. blue eyes, and it gets her in trouble. Um, but it's just innate to who we are. Mm-hmm. Helping them navigate that. And and it, they just have to come to the place where they appreciate themselves for who they are and find those ways where they can, you know, groom themselves and take care of themselves and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, helping them. And, and even in those teenage years, helping them to find the appropriate ways to use makeup. You know? Yeah. And, and just to encourage them that it's not always going to be like this, right? Your, your skin is not always going to be fighting back with you and and the body in the mirror is not always going to look like this because you're not through growing and changing yet. Right. And um, so, uh, yeah. It's a balance though, you know, because on the one hand you're saying, you know, Oh, let, you know, let's go get a haircut or every girl wants to be pretty. Mm -hmm. And then, and then to not have them hear you say, something that you're not saying like oh you you think I need a haircut you don't think I'm pretty you know what I mean like there are it's complicated (laughs) it's complicated or you know it's like the old thing of what do you think I look like in this dress you know the joke between husbands and Mm -hmm. wives well it could be the same with mothers and daughters right Right. and then you have to be able to say well it's not really as flattering as a different dress is and then how do they hear you say that right Right. And yeah, that's, that's where it gets complicated and tricky, (laughs) you know, and and you'll have some girls who love to go shopping for clothes and love to try things on. And, and, you know, I mean, I've got a a granddaughter that would take all the clothes out of all the drawers and (laughs) just be happy to put outfits together. Right. She's just not that player, you know, Um, and then her her sister could care less. She would rather be in in a room with a book. Um, So yeah. So th- th- then you mix, you know, a girl who doesn't want to shop with a, you know, uh, you just got a firestorm waiting to happen sometimes, right. but, but they've got to wear clothes and we want to help them navigate that with, you know, wearing things that are flattering and modest and finding the, finding the, finding the styles that look good on you. Right. You know, and it doesn't have to be the styles that look good on your sister and right. you have to be okay. Be okay with that. Yeah. yeah. And and I, th- I, th- I really do think it's, uh, it's something that you, that 
teenage girls grow into just um, accepting who they are. I know one thing that was, was really helpful to to me was, um, and and it took, I I was probably 50 before I heard it or 45 or something. I don't know. It wasn't that long ago. (laughs) Um, because you know I'm one that that struggles with shopping and and finding the thing that looks good and and trying to hide this part of your body or make this part look thinner and all of that and and, um, you know someone I think anyway she said it's not you it's the clothes it's the clothes fault it's not your fault there's nothing wrong with you you know if, if this particular garment in size this doesn't fit and you have to go to this size instead. It's because it's just the way it's made. You know, the, the idea yeah. that we think there's something wrong with us. Yeah. I pull up a shirt with a number on it, and the shirt doesn't immediately look good on me. And it's like no, you know, even between manufacturers, there are differences, in sizes, and structure, and and standards. And so, but yeah, we think it's, it's something wrong with us, or that we're at fault somehow. Um, no, you know, tell your girls it's not you. It's the clothes. <laughs> if they're making clothes that are cut this way and fit this way and that's not the way god built your body it's not it's not your body's fault it's the clothes that are not matching up and so um you know i had one one daughter we took shopping who was super super skinny for a long time and and tall and so you know to try to find clothes that would were not too short on her and that wouldn't fall Mm -hmm. off her waist right um and then uh, one of them went through a period where she was wearing a back brace for scoliosis. And yeah. that made her body shape really awkward and weird. And we had to shop in a whole different department at the department store that she did not want to go into. But, you know, we had to have clothes that fit. Um, and and that's when you, you know, you try to communicate to your child. I'm on your side. I'm on your team. This is hard. I know you don't want to do this. We'll try to make it as painless as possible, but it's that's where we are right now because we want your back to be straight. Yeah, you know, and that 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 line, it's where we are right now. That is so helpful for mothers, mm-hmm. you know, at all the different stages. You know, this is where we are right now, but you know, it's a stage, it's a season. It's a season. That's so true. That's a good go. and that, that's that's really helpful if you're struggling with a 13-year-old or you know, a preteen who's having hormonal changes too early, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know. I think that's, that's a good, good way we could wrap this up. It's um, the reminder that there are seasons and limits, but ultimately we want our girls to know that they are loved more than they will ever know by mom and dad and by their heavenly father. Um, and, and that there's nothing they can do that, that could, could interfere with that. We may not always agree with their choices or their decisions, but they have and we might have to verbalize that yeah. and say, you know, yeah. this what you're doing is not what we would want you to do, but we love you. Right. It's keeping the lines of communication open. And hopefully that 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 love relationship is there undergirding all of that so that you do have the freedom to express those things. But um, ultimately, yeah, they are loved and cherished and special part of our family. So thank you all for listening and for uh, being a part of our Dwell podcast. Again, let us know if you have any questions or any topics you'd like us to talk about. Come find us on Facebook or wherever else you want to find us. And Karen, I hope you have a good rest of your week. It was good catching up with you. And we'll see you all next time. Here's to home.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.